Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning. This is The Breakfast Show and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. What are you thankful for today? Oh, I'm so grateful because I got all my tickets booked for my big trip, well, medium-sized trip next month. I'm super excited. Where are you going? Okay, so I'm going to Germany for my friend's wedding mm-hmm. and then on the way home, I'm going to just dip sideways into Prague and I'm going to spend nice. three nights, four days in Prague. You will love Prague. Out, love the old city. Bohemia. And I, I don't know why I seem to have this like, like a slight fascination with communism and... You know, I don't know, it just boggles my well, mind. The, the interesting thing about Prague is you've got the old city, which is so yeah, cool. Yeah. And outside the old city, you've got the communist era. Yeah. Grey apartment blocks. It just it just boggles my mind, just the psychology behind. It's you such know, a contrast. Yeah, and the, and the <coughs> mass psychology of... Any, anyway, let's not go into communism. What are you grateful for? <laughs> so you are such a communist. That's, that's why you're fascinated <laughs> hey, with hey, it. Hey, you hey, are, hey, You are. I could totes be a dictator. Not <laughs> <laughs> what are you grateful for this morning? Like? I got my tickets booked. You got your tickets booked. Yes, Where are you so going? I'm going to a wedding. Uh, oh. kind, of, uh, kind of wedding. Oh, you're Engagement. going to a wedding as well. Where yeah. are you going? Ipswich. Ipswich? It, yes. In, in Queensland? In Queensland. <laughs> I think I got you on this so one, Lyle. A little less but exciting. But hey, do you know what? Speaking of, speaking of gratitude, one of our listeners has texted through their gratitude. They were on their way to the airport yesterday. This is Jo and her husband out in Young, New South Wales. <coughs> on their way to the airport, their car broke down. They tried to call the airline to you know have them wait, but you know the planes don't wait anymore. No. By the time they got to the airport in the taxi, um, the, the, the check-in gate had closed, the boarding gate had closed, everything was closed. And so all they could do was pray. They went to the check-in counter and the lady checked them in. Isn't they that amazing? They didn't miss their flight. So Fantastic. Yeah, she's thanking God for that. And of course, dear listener, this is a delayed broadcast, by the way, introduction. Oh, yeah, this has already happened. This is old this news. Is, this this is, 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 happened yeah, days ago. Yeah, this happened last week probably. But uh, we are recording this on Friday the 10th In fact, of I've probably, August. I've probably already got back. I'm already back yeah. from Ipswich. Yeah, you probably are already, yeah, I'm back, probably from already back from Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, don't stress. You can jump across to the live show. It is Super duper easy. We tell you this every morning. Um, just go to faithfm.com.au, press play on the live stream, or download the TuneIn app. It's totally free. And once again, search for Faith FM Australia and just press play. Simple as that. And yes. of course, we have also coming up on the show, we're going to talk about cats and marijuana. Yeah. Yeah, we have a great show two, coming two, up. Today. Two things that are going to mess with your brain. That's right. And, and, and Mon's going to eat brain food. I am on, on air. air. Yeah, yes. it catches me out. I got like a mouthful of mushy brain food. A bit like when a dog gets peanut butter stuck in its snoot. Yes. And of course, the recipe is already up online. It'll be up online by it the time already. you hear this show. Have a great day. And I have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on.
beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. With the glory in His bosom that transfigures you and me. As He died to make men holy, let us let us make men free. Glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His truth is marching on His truth is marching You're listening to the Battle Hymn of the Republic here on Faith FM and as we kick off our Friday the 10th of August, we're going to hit it with a quiz. What have we got coming up for the quiz? The quiz is not an easy one and I'm not apologising for it. I've decided to make it a nice hard one to get our brains one last flex before we turn into mush for the weekend. Hmm. It is a what number am I hmm. quiz. And I've got to tell you, let me have a look. Uh, yep, all the clues are obscure. All of them. All of them. All of them. Nothing here obvious. First clue. Elijah challenged this many prophets of Asherah who ate at Jezebel's table. It's actually not that hard to figure that out. You just got to go look in your Bible, yeah, yeah, you find that story. Just, just Google Asherah and it's going to come straight up. Don't Google nothing. Turn to your Bible. Oh, yes. Look up the story yeah, of mm-hmm. Elijah. Yeah. Yeah, and see, see where you get. Okay, so this is an interesting one because he didn't just challenge the priests of Asherah. He also challenged the priests of Baal. He did a lot of pre- priests and prophet challenging. And then he executed them all. That's right. And so there's kind of two numbers there that combine into one number, depending on how you define a... Uh, but it's a large number. Put it that way. This is it this is, is a large number. That's the easiest clue you're going to get from us. That it is a large number. Yeah. Yep. In fact, if someone gave this to Three you digits. cash, you'd be pretty happy. Yeah, you would. Hey, <laughs> just hand it to but, me. But hand just to be me. clear, that's not what we're giving you as a prize. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You can give me that as a prize. <laughs> no, we will give you a prize. Of course, we'll give you a music album, and then also, if you can get it before Lyle gets it, we will give you two prizes. Mm-hmm. This has never happened. I'm so keen to have this happen. I'm so keen to have someone figure it out before Lyle does. Of course, check out we our will, Insta we, story. You will, have to, you will have to call in the next seven minutes because during the break, I'm going to have a stab at this one. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to yeah. be close. Yeah. He usually does get it during the songs. But uh, <laughs> of course, uh, give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM 1-800-324-843 and check out our Insta story because Instagram is where we put up our clues ahead of time. So you can get the jump on everyone else and get a chance to that double prize. Lyle, have you ever smoked anything? Nope. Okay, Lyle knows the answer. He just wrote it on a piece of paper. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> no more double prizes. You can get the prize, gone. though. Um, I've smoked a campfire. 
What do you, what do you mean? The whole thing you rolled it up <laughs> no, and smoked it. The smoke chased me around. We in houses the campfire. You sit around the campfire and just wherever you sit, the smoke comes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the uh, that's the the nearest I have ever got to smoking. I wonder why that happens. It's so annoying. It's just smoke is attracted to human beings. Human beings are ma- smoke magnets. I remember going to Pathfinders and sitting around the campfire and you know, and they would make you feel better by telling you that smoke followed beauty, and I just thought that was ridiculous. I think. You know what? A good camping tool to take with you would be a fan and just sit the fan on one side and blow the smoke out the side. At all of your friends at the other side. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just sit like in a crescent. Anyway. Yeah, plug it into your nearest tree. Well, I'm talking about this kind of smoking that people do. I have never smoked um, cigarettes. I have never smoked um, weed. I have never smoked uh, any of that kind of stuff. No. Okay. I've never seen the point. It's like, I hate hate it when the smoke chases me around a campfire. Uh Uh-huh. And so why would I actually go and do that purposely? Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's not giving me any nutritional value no, I'm not you know it doesn't taste not it's just like why? and it's killing you yeah that's right you're and dying from you. it and everyone around you as well mm-hmm. and even future generations because of tertiary and everybody smoking. and everybody's just totally disgusted because they're like oh I can't believe this person is smoking well this is an interesting story um, and this is about uh I guess something you'd never think would come out of smoking, and I'm talking specifically about smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. And so people who – I didn't know this until I read this article, but apparently people who do smoke marijuana, um, in this article they call them stoners, mm-hmm. um, they seem to have little specific places that they go to to um, smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. So they're usually like out in the bush somewhere, like almost like a little, you know – campsite in and yep, of itself. Yep. When we lived in Sydney, we lived on a dead-end road and uh, there was lots of bongs down the end of the road. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is quite surprising. So, stoners on social media have mobilised a massive litter cleanup initiative. Well, that's good. Which you'd never expect from people who are traditionally... Because I must have cleaned like, up like 50 or 60 or maybe even 100 bongs from the end of uh, my road back in Berkshire Park. Yeah, I mean, stereotypically, yeah, stereotypically, you think of stoners as being lazy and, you know, they don't have any motivation or any sort of up and go anymore because, you know, the marijuana has affected their brains in that way. But, uh, and, uh, but stoners are kicking back at this bad reputation. And, uh, and <laughs> it all started when one Reddit user, Reddit is like the, it's a website, they call mm-hmm. themselves the front page of the internet. And uh, it all started when one Reddit user posted a photo of themselves holding a bag full of trash that they had collected from their favorite, Pot smoking spot in July, <clears throat> and he said, "I had I was on my midnight walk home when I found a plastic bag with some trash in it. The next thing I know is I was picking up every single piece of my tra- trash on my way home, doing my part. Oh, sorry, this is a different one. Doing my part for the hashtag Stoner Cleanup Initiative, and so that's the hashtag they're using. And if you jump on social media now and look up hashtag Stoner Cleanup Initiative, you'll see thousands of pictures of people holding up um, bags." of junk that they've collected from their favorite local smoke spot, they call them. And so they have these pictures out in, in the nature and uh, and they're nice and clean now. Mm-hmm. And um, and within 24 hours, this post had been viewed hundreds of thousands of times and it prompted a serious but powerful question. What if every stoner took it upon themselves to tidy up their outdoor smoking spots? Well, that would be a positive thing, and I would say, why don't is why doesn't every person clean up their favourite spot? Yeah, it, let's all get on this, and you don't have, you don't have to be a stoner to be a part of it. Yeah, clean up your favourite fishing spot, clean up your favourite uh, picnic spot, clean up your favourite whatever spot you have. 
Yeah, and uh, and some of them are getting like a little bit, you know, hippie about they're like, keep it going, guys. The nature needs us just as much as we need it. <laughs> <laughs> but which, which, which uh, kind of people who love know, the trees and smoke the trees. Yeah, which kind of makes me uh, ask, Lyle, is smoking marijuana really that bad? I mean, is this something <coughs> that Jesus is holding out on us that you know? Well, let me ask you this question in return. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that God would want us to get involved in anything that is addictive? Think about the nature of addiction. The nature of addiction is that it takes away your power of self-control, which in effect takes away God's opportunity to be able to control you. And so you are then under the control of a substance, not under the control of God. Okay, but I mean, these people, they, they seem to be doing some really nice stuff. Yeah, lots of people do do really nice things. That doesn't mean that what they are involved in, you know, and they're very nice people. Don't get me wrong, uh, but that does not mean that this is something that God's going to condone and God's going to go, yeah, do this, you know, um, you'll get schizophrenia and go all paranoid. But um, I'm not too worried about that. You know, we have a we serve a God who loves us and who deeply, deeply cares for us and deeply cares for our good health. And as a result of that. Um, he tells us, you know, there's some certain things out there. Just don't touch them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, addictive drugs, s- marijuana, nicotine, alcohol, all these kind of things are addictive drugs. Ooh, here's one, caffeine. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Did I just say that? These are <laughs> addictive drugs and we should stay away from addictive drugs. They are mind-altering. They are brain-damaging. They break your – they lessen your connection with God Um. And uh, and and you're just going, you know. And sometimes people go, "Oh, yeah, but I get so much closer to God when I'm, you know, when I'm high or whatever." And yeah, it's like, like a spiritual and experience it's like, or something. Seriously, mm. you know? Do you have you ever even begun to realize the, the 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 incredible relationship that you can have with God without those substances? Mm. It is so much infinitely better. Talk to any ex stoner that is out there that's given his life to God, and he will tell you, "Yeah, sure, you know, I sp- thought spiritual thoughts when I was high, but since he's given his life to God and given up the marijuana, that relationship with God is just beyond all imagination compared to what it used to be before." Never tried it myself, but mm-hmm. I could, I could, I could just go through this office right here, and I'll guarantee any every ex donor that is here, and there's there's bound to be some will tell you the same story. Oh, well, there's a good challenge for our listeners. If you think you're having a spiritual experience while you're high, yeah, try, try it without. Try it without. Try it going to God and having an actual relationship with Him uh, when you're sober, and uh, and see how your spiritual high goes then. And then give us a call and tell us all about it. One eight hundred Faith FM. Let me go I rest my weary soul in Thee I give Thee back the life I owe That in Thine ocean depths its flow May richer, fuller be All my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray that in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter, fairer be. 
joy that seekest me through pain. I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain. That morn shall tearless be. Up my head, I dare not ask to fly from thee. I lay in dust, life's glory dead, and from the ground there blossoms red. Life that shall endless peace. Life that shall endless peace. Listening to Chris Rice with Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go here on Faith FM as we move to the next section of our show for the day. And before we do, we're going to have another clue for our quiz. Yes. Nobody's got it yet. But I've got it. Yeah, you. Ha ha. Look how. Look how. I wish you could all see his smug little face right now. Uh, Okay. What uh, number am I? Gamaliel told how Theodos. And this many of his followers came to nothing because they were not of God. <laughs> this is a very obscure one. Super. I've never even heard of Theodostas. Theodas. Yes, yes, you have. Have I? Yes. We okay. studied this in the book of Acts just a couple of weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> maybe the, maybe his name is spelled differently. Cause I, swear, is it, I thought it was like Thaddeus or something, but this is... Um, yeah, I think it might be spelled differently. In, yeah, uh, I've never seen this spelling before. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like... The Greek. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway. This, anyway. Is, this is your excuse for being blonde on yeah. a Friday morning. Yes, blonde. yes. Give You're us a call blonde. if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Okay, so we've got a couple of different stories that we need to talk about this morning. And, of course, we're going to uh, – one of the things we need to mention is the uh, drought that is severely affecting New South Wales at the moment, one of the worst on record ever already, and it's winter. And there's been a young man who's just been – uh, hospitalized um, after driving a, a truck 57,000 kilometers in four weeks carrying hay to what? desperate farmers. And uh, his mate who took his phone from him when he went to hospital um, took 75 calls in 24 hours from desperate farmers. Oh, no. Looking for, uh, for hay. And so this is just a little snapshot of what's going out, going on in Western New South Wales, and we need to keep these people in our prayers. And we're going to be um, raising money for drought relief right here on Faith FM. So stay tuned for that. We've got some interviews and so forth coming up. So we'll have more interview, more information about that. Um, one of the things that is interesting in relationship to this particular drought is that Australian farmers are the best prepared farmers in the world. Really, when it comes to drought. And this drought, this this time around, um, is the best prepared that Australian farmers have ever been. 
And yet here we are in this big mess. And here we are. It is the middle of winter. Summer, the summer heat hasn't even started to come on yet. Um, El Nino is on its way. And we are in a severe, severe uh, disaster. And one of the other interesting things is that um, some of the farmers who are worst hit are the ones who have taken on second jobs. Oh, okay. Because it makes them ineligible for uh, government funding. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's a um, something we need to uh, <coughs> we need to keep our focus on and um, to keep talking about. The other thing that we need to mention is uh, Peter Hollingsworth, and we've been talking about Archbishop Philip Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to talk about Bishop uh, Peter Hollingsworth of the Anglican Church. Um, now the Anglican Church has um, just dumped the independent investigator um, who's been working for the Anglican Church. Um, for the last 12 months, looking into allegations of child sex abuse. Um, and, of course, this was, you know, he, he'd been hired from outside. He was, you know, formerly, you know, a human resources uh, manager for Schweppes uh, with no previous connection to the Anglican Church, which is what you want in this kind of a situation. But, of course, spent 12 months preparing a report saying that um, Peter Hollingsworth should resign as bishop mm-hmm. <coughs> um, because he knew of a uh, pedophile that um, he allowed to, back in the 1990s, that he allowed to uh, continue through to retirement. Oh. This particular person um, admitted it to him. And so this is actually a slightly different situation to the Philip Wilson case where um, Philip Wilson was actually involved in a criminal conspiracy and committing criminal acts. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a, a situation under you know 1990s legislation where he didn't actually commit a criminal act uh, but very, very poor management and very poor understanding of what was actually going on. And, um, you know, he had, in 2003, of course, he had to resign from being Governor-General of Australia. And in my opinion, if you have to resign from being Governor-General of Australia, you should resign from being Bishop. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, maybe maybe he's, you know, in, in today's, under today's legislation, yes, this would be something you'd go to jail for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now we're all mandatory reporters, mm-hmm. uh, except for the Roman Catholic Church, of course. Um, Ugh, I hate that. And uh, but you know the Anglican Church are, are, are mandatory reporters, the same as every other church um, outside of you know the, the, the confessional. And uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 something. You know, I've, I've been reporting on Philip Wilson, and we have to be fair and report on this guy as well. I just. It's, it's, you know what, sometimes my ang- the angry part of me about this whole Catholic Church pedophilia thing, sometimes I just want to lock up every single priest and they're guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> you can come out of the cell when you can prove that you've never hurt a child. Ah, uh, mon. That might be logistically challenging, but... Uh, we'd figure it out. We would figure it out. And, and to be fair, you'd have to do that across all clergy, across all denominations and religions. Do it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we need to drain that's, the that's swamp. What, <laughs> we we drain definitely, the, we definitely need to drain the swamp right here. Pull the plug, drain that swamp. And of course, Lombok Who's is with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Give us a call. Um, Lombok has uh, just been hit with a third earthquake. Are you serious? Five point nine. This one, so it went five point nine, six point nine, six point. Sorry, six point four, six point nine, five point nine. So it just doesn't seem to stop. You sort of think, well, the pressure's been released there, and the only thing that I'm really thankful for right now is that these all weren't combined into one big one. Yeah, can you imagine? If all of that pressure was released at once, just imagine what it would be like. Yeah, I guess praise the Lord that it came in little. I mean, smaller increments, smaller chunks. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I feel like every time they try and get back up, they get knocked back down again. I, you know, I really, I really hope they're doing it right. 
It's, it's really sad. Anyway, I did promise that I'd talk about cats this yeah, morning. Yeah, I'm wondering and when this, this is, is a, coming This out. is a health issue, a health issue for humans as well as animals. But the feral cat problem um, has exploded in Tasmania in recent years. And, of course, the Tasmanian government has done nothing about it. They're sitting on their hands. Um, and one of the interesting researches that is coming out as a result of this um, you know, recent explosion is that one of the biggest killers of native wildlife is from toxoplasmus. What is that? It's a disease spread by cats through their urine and feces. Oh, really? And so, you know, ground-dwelling mammals um, are just being wiped out by this particular disease. And those that aren't dying from it, of course, are suffering from brain damage as a result of it. So toxoplasmus affects all warm-blooded animals. Wait, how, how do they, like, what do they sniff it and they... Yeah, touch it. Oh, they touch it. Okay, yeah. right, right. It affects all warm-blooded animals, including humans. Mm-hmm. Um, it can result in death, although that's rare in humans, but common in small creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, it can cause blindness, altered behavior, and an unsteadied gait. And so in humans, of course, it's most often detected as um, you know altered behavior and uh, you know um, slight brain damage, that kind of thing. Um, but the uh, yeah the Trawana uh, Wildlife Park owner. Um, has stated that the cat lobby in Australia is as powerful as the National Riflemen's Association in the United States. And this is why uh, the Australian government across the board is you know, sitting on their hands and dealing with it. But um, toxoplasmus is actually dangerous for humans as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so you often find the, you know, the whole cra- crazy cat lady syndrome is actually a real thing. Okay, all right. Because they've, you know, they've been infected by this. And, you know, they get then this whole cat addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also connected to increased risk of schizophrenia in children who grow up in a home with cats in it. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, along with other uh, mental disorders and behavioral problems. Wow. Uh, so this is a neurological thing. It affects your brain. It turns your brain to mush, basically. Dogs don't have this, do they? No, dogs don't have this. Yeah, that's why dogs um, so I did, I did tell that I would say that I'd be do- dealing with a, uh, a cat story this morning. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a... It's a story that comes from a number of different angles because we have, you know, we have an environmental crisis mm-hmm. being caused by cats, and we have a we have health problems that we did not know existed in the past, but now we do. Yeah, and so you've got this this problem. You know, you lock cats up in the house; humans are at risk. You put them outside of the house; your native population is at risk. I know. Let's lock them up with those priests we're going to lock up. <laughs> <laughs> they already have uh, behavior, beha- enough behavioral problems already. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's exactly what you just said. You know, people often think that uh, keeping cats inside is the answer. And, and, to, and to a lot of extent, I think that is a better option than leaving them to destroy the ecosystem. But then, like, It becomes yeah. dangerous for you and your children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, if you have a solution, give us a call. Or an opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, if you're a cat lover or a dog lover or if you're outraged by this, you didn't know this, well, you can't really be outraged at science. 1-800-FAITH-FM.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Mal Venus with In My Heart here on Faith FM. And as we move to the next part of our show where we have a special guest interview that's going to take place. But before we go to our guest interview, we have another clue for our obscure quiz. Yes. Okay. What number am I? The Lord told Abraham that his descendants would be enslaved for this many years. Okay, that one's getting a little bit easier, oh, I think. Oh, speak for yourself, Lyle. I've got no idea about that one. Yeah. Well, anyway. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you think you know the answer, we will give you the prize. On the phone this morning, I have Donna Horn from Stones of Eden. We often play her music here on Faith FM. Oh, yay. And we're not going to be talking about to Donna about her music today. We're going to be talking about um, another issue that I think is an important issue that needs to be highlighted in our community. Uh, that we need to have a good understanding of, and but just a bit of an introduction. Donna Horn is a uh, she is a, a recording artist, a performing artist. Um, she is um, somebody who has um, challenged herself to lose weight. How much? How much weight have you lost this uh, last year or so, Donna? Um, since December, I've lost over fifteen kilos, and since early last year, it's almost 20. Congratulations. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah, well done. Um, and along with that, of course, you're a full-time mum, uh, two yep. children, and uh, your oldest child suffers from autism. Yes. And so I thought yeah. we might spend some time talking about autism today. This is something that uh, you know affects a, a, a percentage of our community, and it would be good for us to have an understanding of you know what is autism, um, and how can we, as um, you know, members of the community, um, support uh, both you know parents who have autistic children and support autistic children and autistic adults? Um, so yeah, um, we have uh, Donna is one of our one of our local super mums. She manages to uh, um, accomplish amazing <laughs> things. So thank you so much for joining us, Donna. Oh, thank you for having me. So very quickly, what actually is autism? Um, I actually had to go look this one up because it's the time you you don't know what how to answer that. I think people are still trying to work that one out. Um, but when I looked it up, um, it says it's a lifelong de- developmental condition um, that affects, amongst many things, um, the way they relate to their environment and interact with other people, and it affects like their sensory issues and social skills, and um, the maturity level is usually. Um, lower than normal um, and it causes some behavioural issues. Um, you often get ADHD with it, anxiety, um, Tourette's even. Um, yeah, so there's yeah, there's a lot of different things that sort of come under the one umbrella and every child is, or every person that has it is different and mm, mm. Um, there's different levels of um, autism also. And you, Now, you've got a yeah. child who's autistic. How, how old is your um, autistic child? Um, yeah, uh, Ryan is, he's going to be 12 tomorrow, actually. Oh, really? Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, happy birthday, Happy Ryan. birthday to Ryan for tomorrow. Yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> now, yeah. you just said that uh, there's different levels of autism, like in terms of, uh, I guess, social functioning. Um, what, what level yes. is your son at? Um, when he had his diagnosis, they didn't have the actual levels, um, but... So he was classed as high functioning, which is probably a level one, I would say. So not everyone would pick up on it that he has it because he can, you know, he can talk, he can mm-hmm. um, communicate with people. Um, 
but then if you're around him long enough, they may pick up that there's something different. Um, it's his social skills. He, you know, he might step inside your um, personal space and um, he may say things without thinking. He also has the ADHD, so he's just nonstop. <laughs> when did when did you so, realise yeah. as a mum that, um, that he might have been autistic or that something wasn't quite right? Um, was from a young age, by four, the age of four, I was screaming out for help because mm. I couldn't handle it any longer because I was a single mum at the time. Um, and yeah, just little things I picked up on, like, um, he didn't really notice strain, like, he didn't really have that fear of strangers at all when he was li- right, li- really little. He'd just walk off with anyone and I had to be really careful of that and, um. Yeah, and then just the behaviour issues started coming out, like um, with like more with the ADHD, I suppose. Like I, I thought he had that. Um, I didn't didn't really know what what autism was back then. Mm-hmm. Didn't really know anyone with it. Um, so when I sort of got that diagnosis later, I was like, oh, I really need to learn about this because I have no idea what it is. Yeah, yeah, how did how did you actually feel when you found out that you had a child who um, had a disability? Um, in one way, relieved that I had an answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least then you you know sort of what you're dealing with, and you can find other people who have the same problems. And um, but also, you know, so, then you so relieved that, that relieved that you weren't a <laughs> um, that you weren't a bad mother or something like that. But this was actually a real yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because actually before I had the diagnosis, um, there was times where people were blaming, like, because he gets a bit of Tourette's, he has Tourette's as well, um, he gets some tics and things, and people were just blaming that on, um, you know, him being stressed because I was a single mom and things like that, which was really, it was not supportive at all. Um, It was very hurtful and um, made me just feel like I was a failure and... um, so, yeah, but it, it is the anxiety that causes it, but it wasn't that he was stressed with me. It's just that he has anxiety and things would overwhelm him. So he would then get the anxiety. So, yeah. Sure, yeah. Now, what about um, like immunizations? Do you get hassled by, um, you know, this whole immunization debate? I personally haven't been hassled by it. Um, I think there's just so much, like, so many people around that know someone with it. Um and, yeah, I've never actually been – no one's ever actually said anything personally to me about it. I mean, you hear things, of mm, course, mm. Um, but I've never actually had a personal experience with that. Yeah, because I would have thought yeah. that would have been a, a really unsupportive thing to, to, to do with, you know, in this kind of a situation. It's just yeah. like, oh, you shouldn't have immunised your child, you know, blah, 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 all this kind of thing. It's just like, yeah. yeah. I've <laughs> had people tell me they think it's caused it with their kids, but um, I don't – I don't necessarily believe that it's immunisation doing it at all. I mean, if that's the case, like, why hasn't everyone who's been immunised got it? Um, and I know of people who haven't immunised some of their kids because they thought it caused it in their first couple of kids and they've still got issues with the kids that aren't immunised. So mm. um, I think it's more of a genetic thing if you look at it especially um, families like that, so... Yeah, sure. And um, do you ha- if you've got one child who's autistic, is there an increased risk of your other ch- children being autistic? Um, 
Well, there would be, I suppose, depending on where it's come from. But um, when we were getting Ryan's diagnosis um, and his dad was reading his reports from like, the psychologist and that, he, he was reading it saying, oh, this sounds just like me as a kid. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I started to sort of look at him as well and things about him. And I, I yeah, not, not being horrible at all, um, just being honest, I, I honestly think he may actually have it as well because um, his social skills just really, yeah, point that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. I thought he was <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought it was um, him being ignorant at times, but it was just, um, yeah, the social skills, it, yeah, he didn't really know how to act, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, don't, you, said bef- <laughs> so, you said before there was like levels and uh, that when yes. Ryan got diagnosed, they didn't have like a, a level spectrum. system. Yeah. So, yeah. like, how does the spectrum work? Is it like one out of ten? Like, you know, and it's, everyone's between one or ten or is it like, what's the system? I'm yeah. still learning about this myself. I only found out about it recently. Um, I think there's three levels. Um, so, Ryan would be in the first one because you, know, you could still – he can still do everything. Um, yes, he can, still, you know, he can, he can and communicate and talk and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think there's three levels from what I've heard from people because um, I go to a support group for parents with kids with disabilities. So there's all types of disabilities, um, not just autism, but autism is a very common one. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they've talked about it there and mentioned how there's a three level. And I'm like, oh, that's new to me. I didn't know about that. And <laughs> So it's always changing too. So you get it's hard to keep up with it. <laughs> so what's it what's it like to take a um, an autistic child to church? Because um, I mean, you're you're an integral part of the, uh, the I should say this the Maitland Adventist Church. And uh, yes. if you want to hear Donna sing and uh, Brad, then uh, come along sometime. I'd love to have you there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. What, what what do you have special challenges in taking an autistic child to church? Uh yeah. It, some day, it's one of those things where, you know, I get anxious taking him anywhere, um, even if we're going out for dinner for a birthday or something, because um, you, you don't know how it's going to go. Um, it might be okay, but you also know um, he's going to talk like, just constantly. He wants to talk constantly, um, and then he might, you know, if he gets overstimulated because of all the people, um, that's when, um, he, you know, his, his anxiety will go up and then it can show his anger. He can, yeah, get really frustrated. He could start, you know, banging things. He could start making a lot of noise. And once he's in that mind frame, it's really hard to get him out of it. And mm. he doesn't understand that, you know, you know, people are looking at you or, you know, you, you know, you're creating a scene. He doesn't, doesn't pick up on that um, and it doesn't worry him. Um, it's just, you know, he's in his own little world and, you know, I don't care, you know, this is how I'm feeling right now and I'm going to do this. So um, also, you know, in Sabbath school, we've had some issues at times where he might be doing some craft and he may, may make, he, like he made a mistake one day and he wanted to fix it and they didn't have time and because um, he would have had, he wanted to redo the whole thing. And we're like, sure. you, you we can't do that right now. <laughs> and he, he didn't want to take it home to do it. And it just, he had a big meltdown over that. And it was really difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's he doing at school? Like, is school a similar story as it is for, for church? Like, does he go to any sort of like a, a special school or something? Or is it just regular school? Does he have like, you know, a particular uh, program in a regular school? Like, how does it work? 
He's actually just in a regular school um, and his teacher said he's doing really well and he's getting no extra support. So um, it's kind of, yeah, I was kind of worried that he's not getting any extra support, but, and yeah, they just don't think he needs it. So I'm hoping Mm. he goes all right with high high school next year. Um, He does take Ritalin just for school because last year we did trial going off it and he didn't cope like he was just up and down in his seat he was talking constantly and interrupting the class and um other parents were starting to complain that he was disrupting their children as well i was like okay he needs to be on it um Mm. and and his grades came back up as well because they did drop below grade level and now he's at grade level at least so um he is coping so but he's now at that point where he's saying i don't want to take it um so we're going to trial next week without and see how he goes again because it's been like a year and a half since he has tried going without it. So we're going to give it another go. His pediatrician doesn't think he, he's not sure how he's going to go, but he said he can't make him take it and it's up to him to decide to take it. So, um, yeah, we'll mm. see how that goes next week. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the best way that we can support people with, um, you know, with autism or with autistic children? What's the, what, you know, how can we how can we help you out? Okay, so um, like if if I, if I'm out somewhere, one of the things that also um, makes me not want to go places at times is sometimes you get other adults who um, they're trying to do the right thing, they're trying to help, but mm-hmm. sometimes they kind of tell you what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing, and they kind of come and interrupt and. It, it, you know, it's, it's it's hard enough as it is, um, and but no one knows your child better than you do, and you might be trying different techniques to try and sort out this behaviour, and when you get someone sort of come in and try and fix it, it, it sometimes makes it worse um, and also makes you feel like you're not capable of, you know, caring for your child. So, what you know, if someone can see that someone's having a hard time, you know, you could always offer, you know, is there anything I can do to help? But just ask first. Don't don't just step in and try and take Assume. over the situation. Mm-hmm. That would be one way. Um, you know, if they're having problems at home and you know they've got no support especially um, or no respite at all, we get respite because Ryan goes... <laughs>
forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.